This is episode 483 on the 16th of February 2022. If I was a sports athlete or rather if you are a sports athlete and if you are 30 plus, you would be called being on the wrong side of 30, which basically means you are at the end of the tunnel, which means the time to call it off or perform or perish has come. In fact, the way the ageism has developed in various parts of the world, especially in the subcontinent part of the world, if you are 30 or rather between 30 and 35 and beyond, then you are in that category where you are neither young nor old. So it's difficult to say what exactly you are and that's what is baffling and at the same time excruciating. What defines being on the wrong side of 30? But ageism is a human construct, but that's the beauty of it. Everyone loves a bit of ageism. Youth, young, leading the country, people of certain age no longer are going to have an impact and that's the discussion we always have and that's why there is a health and fitness OCD and thanks to the imaginary virus this has increased suddenly we are concerned about what we should eat what we should not eat how healthy should be how much we should exercise as if before that we were doing nothing and that's just the double standard that comes along with it. Who decides what is being healthy? Who decides what is a healthy person and who is an unhealthy person? Well, the virus has certainly accelerated, rather the imaginary virus, the virus that never existed in the first place, which was nothing more than common cold and was exaggerated into this huge thing which enveloped the whole world and made the whole world go stir crazy. So this health and fitness procedure is now developed into an unhealthy obsession. And how does it work? As I've told you numerous times, human beings are gullible and we always look up to someone, we always want a role model. Well, I am in that category who doesn't believe in having a role model. Unlike most people, I did not grow up watching anyone to learn what I should do when I take up a profession or what I should do when I want to do something. I am not that kind of person, but 99% of individuals are gullible and they enjoy when someone they have to look forward to it means that they all want a role model and who are the best role models or the best individuals who can be role models because they love making a fool of people It's the publicity stunt. The publicity stunt is the best role model because celebrities, in fact, pseudo-celebrities use this platform to show concern for environment, eco-friendly and organic products and they 
put out videos that they are doing exercises that they are encouraging people to eat right to stop using certain products which harm the environment so where where was all this charade before this virus came were they all sleeping they had no concern and suddenly because everyone was in their home it's in the world but just to say that just these celebrities took advantage of a certain situation and 95% of individuals were fooled because we think that whatever these pseudo celebrities do or whatever actions they take we perceive that what they do is right or what they what they are against as far as the health and fitness situation is concerned is not to be followed and then this is something which has been happening for years lifestyle you must have heard of this term lifestyle diseases let me tell you there is no term such as lifestyle diseases it's an oxymoron what is lifestyle then now there is no definition of lifestyle but we all pretend to be nostalgic and blame everything on the sedentary lifestyle which means sitting on our chairs staring into that inanimate object called the computer or the mobile phone it's fine for a while to stare as long as you are active but blaming everything that before mobile phone games everything was good every people were happy there is no proof of that there is no evidence there is no empirical proof there is no evidence there is no recorded evidence that before internet penetrated in the 70s 80s everything was fine let me tell you no era is perfect the 1940 was as much as troublesome as 2022 it has it, it has its own challenges 2022 has its own challenges the 90s were not some og or wow look at the 90s what a great era it doesn't work like that but then we blame everything on the lifestyle that is a sedentary lifestyle that is staring into the inanimate object or the computer or the mobile phone or any other such inanimate object and pretend as if the era has gone by as if the generations gone by as if our parents grandparents lived in a more happy era and right now everybody is unhappy let me tell you happiness or unhappiness is a state of mind it has nothing to do with the era or the generation just because computers were at a premium mobile phones were not part of a common usage device it was a luxury a few years ago that's not the fault of the people it was how it is anything that new anything new that comes will always be a luxury and once we start using it abusing it overusing it it becomes an important part of it i still think mobile phones are not that crucial they are there but it doesn't mean that we can't live without them but then that's the way we think we think that social media is an important part yet at the same time we are concerned that children are spending too much time on the computer or on the internet or 
they prefer digital friends over real life friends where we didn't want children to meet other friends in the first place and then we are having this double standard and then we are being hypocrites by saying that children are now not socializing well it's hypocrisy it's double standard i'm not impressed by it but the bigger double standard that comes across is what to eat what not to eat in terms of the fast food junk mania the question always is which is healthier but what defines fast food well it depends from region to region you have the indian fast food the most would not categorize those products as in fast food or junk food because well i'll tell you why because that's the way we think and that's the way we have always thought which is healthier let me tell you 95% of indian foods are processed they are full of what one sees as an unhealthy thing called oils and ghees and using butter you may be using butter in western parts foods but we are not far behind when it comes to using butter and oil and ghee and we can't do anything about it it's it's been there forever and i'll give you such examples because this debate over the fast junk food mania it's not bad for health it affects our digestive system let me just give you certain example because this is a very interesting discussion now uh in now an individual said that indian cuisine is an amalgamation of multiple ingredients indigenous produce crafts and technique we have given the world a lot to be inspired from maybe we have but at the same time we have given the world a lot of go most hyper indian would not categorize that as junk food i'll tell you why but this is very very interesting and what defines safe and hygienic food is it the preparation is it the ingredients is it the effort behind making it is it the person who has washed his or her hands do they wash the raw materials properly look when you go to a restaurant you don't worry about the health and the hygienic factor well that's what we do at home why do we go to a restaurant because we want to have something different and whether it's a street food or a restaurant we don't see the preparation of the food we don't go staring into the restaurant kitchen to see whether all the ingredients are properly washed they're not they're cut that they are the chefs and the cooks are using proper hygienic method that's what certain departments are for that's what they do there's a blind trust when you go to a restaurant it doesn't matter if whatever you want to have whether it's the indian subcontinental or asian fast junk food versus the western fast junk food and this question doesn't go away now as far as the indian category of the fast food is concerned so a lot of listeners would disagree for me it has 
स्पॉट नहीं फूड्स लाइक समोसा छोले भटूरे गोलगप्पा चिकन टिक्का मसाला पनीर टिक्का मसाला एनी टिक्का मसाला गुलाब जामुन बर्फी यू कैन ऐड सो मच मोर टू इट आई वुड इवन कैटेगराइज परोंठा एज अ बिट ऑफ फास्ट फूड but then we get emotional why why do we get emotional most individuals do not categorize these as fast food because these may be bad for your stomach i repeat these may be bad for your stomach but they are lighter on the wallet so for those individuals what would you prefer a uh, 50 rupees burger or a 5 rupees samosa you can have 10 of those and when you go to a party and the organizers don't want to spend a fortune on the food this is the best food because they are cheap they are not expensive they are easy to make they're easy to store and then of course the whole being an indian thing comes into play well that's debatable but that's that's the way things are Let me give you some other example. Then, of course, paranta, and then you add to it exotic fillings like moong dal, kajus, badams, rabri, alu pias. There is no shortage of junk food in India. The most do not categorize because it brings up emotions. You pretend to be hyper. As far as this is concerned. and then of course since it has we own it it's part of so called culture and they are easy to store they may be bad for your stomach or bad for your health or have an effect on your weight or whatever the mania is they are light on the stomach that's the most important thing and because it's from western it's indian it's local they see whatever hyper normal creature you may want to use and then of course then we divide things into north indian food and west indian food and south indian food and east indian food and then it's all about spices spices are an important part of this where do you source a samosa from Do you see the samosa being prepared? I don't see the samosa being prepared as much as I don't see a burger being prepared. But there's a slight hesitancy when when we have to choose between samosa or burger or chole bhature or something similar in croissants or gold gappa or let's eat to believe because this debate will never end. This. Debate will never end. You can even add a bit of Asian to it. But let me tell you, when we say Chinese, when we say Manchurian, they are not exactly Chinese. We have given the wrong nomenclature. But for years, we called certain levels of food as from certain regions Chinese or North Indian or South Indian or West Indian or East Indian or Middle Indian. I don't agree with this, but that's the way we think that's the way we have been thinking for decades and that's the way we will always think because some things don't just go away 
of course, it's all about satiating your craving with a variety of cuisines. As I said, which is healthier? Let me tell you, none of them is healthier to compare it to what we call the Western junk food. I think for everyone, these foods are bad for your health. But let me reiterate. Well, they are bad for your health. Why? Because they are bad on your wallet. They're heavy on your stomach. Yes. And they're heavy on your wallet. And everything is 10 times the price of these cuisines. So what would you prefer? There's a hesitancy and there's this guilty feeling. I'm having burger. Wouldn't I, wouldn't I rather have samosa? Both of them are bad on your stomach. Let's come to agreement. But for frugal individuals, these are light on your wallet and these are heavy on your wallet. So what would you prefer? Lassi versus cold beverage. Both of them have salt or sweet. You don't know how much salt is put when we drink lassi, especially from a restaurant. We don't know how they prepare it. Is it is it packaged? And ironically, we still have we talk about packaged food, and we still these are all packaged food, and we still drink lassi, which is supposed to be this incredible Indian cold beverage. It's still processed. It still comes in packets. We sometimes repair at home, but that's a rarity. So what can you do in this situation? Nothing. For me, whether I have a burger or a pasta or a croissant or Manchurian or whatever, or I go for these food, I know that they're all processed. They all, they all have lots of sugar and salt, which is deemed to be bad for your health. So I think it depends. I think it's a state of mind. Whether I have paranta at home or I go outside and because you have a lot of varieties and delightful cuisines and the whole national and regional thing coming into play, it's a difficult decision to say which is healthier. The Indian subcontinent fast junk food or the Western fast junk food. That's one thing we can never have a solution for. But what we can have a solution for is the way the Indian team played in yesterday's India-New Zealand ODI Cup Women's Division Game 2, which is leading up to the World Cup mania. There is a mania going on. There is a health and OCD, health and fitness OCD mania going on. There's also a mania going on for other things. But there's this quiet mania going on for the Women's World Cup, which is due to start in three weeks' time. And then, as I said in my last episode, that in a women's division match, you score 270, as good as scoring 350 and beyond. But just because the Indian team did not chase, it doesn't mean that other teams will not be able to chase that. New Zealand showed how to do the job and I think India could have scored maybe 50-20 runs more, had a certain player been more aggressive and not had a strike rate of 80 
So that player prefers to play in that manner. And if not for the keeper who made 60 of 64 of 64 balls, India would not even reach 270. But I still think poor fielding, conservative and uninspired captaincy caused them the match. And of course, slow batting by the player and conservative nature by a few other players. 270 looks good, but the way the New Zealand team chase that total, they always look in control and they were always able to maintain that run rate of five and a half. Never did they allow the run rate to go more than six and a half and seven. And if that happened, of course, you can say that the Indian team missed a few opportunities as far as a run-out is concerned. All right, we can talk about the run-out situation, but run-out is a matter of luck. If you hit, wow, what an effort. If it misses by a millimeter, oh, you would have taken his time to hit the sounds. You could have thrown it to the keeper or thrown it to the baller. The keeper could have come to the sounds. If it hits, wow, what a throw, what an effort. And if it hits and the batter is in and it goes for an overthrow, why did he hit? Why did he hit the stumps when he knew and the batter would be in? So, as I said, the so-called pseudo-commentators never say that, okay, you miss. And then same thing for catches. Oh, he's dropped the catch. It was a setter. It was a dolly. And it comes from individuals who have never taken a catch in their life. I mean, that's a double standard that is being followed. Very few commentators can say with authority that, okay, this catch was dropped. And I can say it because I have taken catches like this in my career. So I can say that, okay, the fielder made an error. He should have done this. But that's 0.1%. The other 99.9% commentators are either players retired 30-40 years ago, so feeling was not even a confirmation then. There was, there was no run-out concept and run-out was, there was no replace, so even if you were out, there was no way the fielder would have appealed. So they didn't know anything about that. So that's a very small percentage of players who can actually say with pride that, okay, I was there, I have done it, I did it a few years ago. I would have taken the catch. But that's 0.000001%. don't even know what is to take a catch. And then they will never admit that, okay, I dropped the catch. I sympathize with the player. But they will all, oh, it's an easy catch. It should have been taken at this level. What is at this level? Well, at this level, the commentators should speak more maliciously. But we allow them to speak all kinds of nonsense spewing from their mouth. But they expect players to be perfect when they themselves were imperfect. They made errors. They still make errors when they are being in that profession. That's one thing I do not understand and I will never understand. But what I understand is that The, the, the preparation for the so-called 20-over World Cup begins from tonight. Though it was in the Indian New Zealand series, but that was not to be taken seriously. And of course, 
the preparation for the India New Zealand series begins from tonight, and this will decide who are the best in twenty players who will travel to Australia and who will strive to win a second T Twenty World Championship or a twenty over World Championship. And then, unlike the fifty over series, the speculation is that. West Indies are a more formidable team in the 20-over version. They cannot be taken lightly. They will attack, attack, attack. So the Indian bowlers and the captain has to be more judicious in making decisions, and that's going to be an interesting situation because I don't know if I believe in things like view. I think view is a state of mind in that there is no view. We just create this entity called view so that. We say that the team bowling has and team chasing has an advantage. Everyone wants to win the toss and bowl first, but that's just not a discussion which has any substance. So, what would be my team for tonight's game? You will see a few names missing. I've omitted them because they're always there. So, if they don't, if they're not present in a few matches. Matches. It's not the end of the world, but this is my team for tonight's game. So I'm sure this will not be the team the team management goes for, or the Pudo media one, or the Pudo expert one. We don't know what Pudo experts want, so let's leave Pudo experts out of this. But this is my team. Look at the stacked lineup: Venkatesh Iyer, all-rounder; Rituraj Gaikwad, a future player; Surya Kumar Yadav. Can play till 36-37. Can do what a Michael Lassie did for for Australia. Shreyas Iyer, another good guy at scoring five. Captain C is a possibility. Vishal Pant, decent keeper. Of course, we keep comparing him to past keepers, but that's a small sample size. Tito Kuda, great all-rounder. Shardul Thakur, fast bowling. There's no Hardik Pandya. I would want him in the team, but if He has a double standard over fitness. That on him. Shardul Thakur, Deepak Chahar, Venkatesh Iyer, and Deepak Hooda as the all-rounders with Ravi Bishnoi, Mohan Siraj, and Abhishek Khan as the as the spinners and the fast bowlers. And I think it's a good team. Not everyone would agree with it, as if I care what everyone agrees with. But this is my team. I would go with this team, even if those so-called big names are missing. What defines big? Do you know what defines big? I don't know what defines a big player. If you know who is a big match player, who are the legends? Please let me know. Legends can change in a jiffy. So let's not get into that whole legends thing because it doesn't work. Legends is just an oxymoron. It doesn't work the way you think it works. So I think. As far as the 20-year World Cup is concerned, I will talk more on that as time comes into play. We'll see what happens. Anything is possible in the next seven to eight months' time, and things will be clearer. But this is my team, not the team according to the pseudo expert. But pseudo experts hardly matter. So 
number 483 on the 16th of February 2022 and I will be back with episode number 484 on the 18th of February 2022. Till then, stay tuned for the next episode. And what should you do? While you wait for the next episode, you should put these books in your must-read book column. Once again, a reminder, put these books in your must-read books column.